Hello. It's good to have you all back. This month we are discussing your choice. What do you choose? You have a choice. Suggested reading this month is all about choices. Suggested reading is Ezekiel 5, Psalm 66, John 15, and Revelation 9. Songs this month, I Want to Go Back, David Dunn, Gratitude, Brandon Lake, and Graves to Gardens, Brandon Lake Live. The lyrics will be at the end of the transcription. Praising to the King of Kings. Baruch atah Adonai, malek mehulol v'tishbacho. Blessed are you, Lord, King to be praised in adoration. And the Aaronic benediction. Yivarecha Adonai ve'yishmarecha. Ya'ir Adonai panavayalecha v'hunecha. Yisa Adonai panavayalecha v'yasem lecho. Shalom. Yahweh bless you and keep you. Yahweh make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. Yahweh turn his face toward you and grant you shalom. Numbers 6, 24-26 You have a choice. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only and unique Son so that everyone who trusts in him may have eternal life instead of being utterly destroyed. I realize that the rift between the Jews during the time of Yeshua, who maintained he was not the Messiah, and the Jews that believed he was, the ones that understood the prophecies and accepted him as the Messiah, the Jews of the time expected the Messiah to return to usher a time for them, a relief for the Jews right now. They'd be saved from their tyranny, their suffering. There was no thought of any future ideal. There was no thought of God being one, with an understanding that God is one God for everyone. Even though it is in the Torah, it was still them and everyone else. Deuteronomy 6.4 Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Hear Israel, Adonai our God. Adonai is one. Romans three twenty nine through 30 Or is God the God of the Jews only? Isn't he also the God of the Gentiles? Yes, he is indeed the God of the Gentiles. Because as you will admit, God is one. Therefore, he will consider righteous, the circumcised, on the ground of trusting, and the uncircumcised through the same trusting, didn't God create all things and all beings? Isn't he the God of all, the one God? They were only in their own moment of time. But Adonai, God, was after the world. Avraham's seed, all the nations. They know the Torah, the words from God to Avraham. Yet without discernment and understanding, from their perspective, it was them and everyone else pagans. God's design has always been the whole world. He designed us from the time of Adam to have a relationship with us. Genesis 3, 8-9 They heard the voice of Adonai God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze. 
So the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of Adonai God among the trees in the garden. And Adonai God called to the man, Where are you? They heard the voice of God walking in the garden. They recognized his voice. It was not the first time. Adonai God walked with us until we failed him. He desired to maintain a relationship with us. Adonai knew that the seed of Abraham would cover the earth. His design was to save us all, the world. John 3.16 says, the world. Luke 19.10 For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. The Jews of Yeshua's time only had their moment of time in their minds. They were supposed to be saved from Rome. He was supposed to save them, not die. How could a human man be the Son of God? Understanding of his death, that their Savior was a man, and he was to sacrifice for the sins of the world? That was not a discernible thought. So this huge division between the two Jews of Yeshua's time grew, and the new believers in the way understood the big picture. God is here and coming for the world, not just the Jew, the world. Every eye will see and every knee will bow. Now that doesn't mean that every heart will love him. But the Lord God Adonai Elohim is certainly going to give everyone a chance. The world. God is coming for the world. Eight billion of us. Ezekiel 18.32 I take no pleasure in the death of anyone who dies, says Adonai Elohim. So turn yourselves around and live. Even the verse John 3.16 is prophetic of the future of revelation, the tribulation. For God so loved the world, he is heralding an announcement for all people for all generations, telling you, I love you, I am coming, and I want you to be with me. God so loved the world speaks of the end times, that he gave his only unique son, speaks not only at that moment, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, this speaks to all people throughout history, to anyone who read the word throughout all time, prophetic for us all, the world, but have everlasting life, speaks to the end times. Because God in this verse is talking to the world. It's not just a proclamation of love. It is a warning of love. He is telling you, the only way to me is through my son. And I love you so much. I sent him to be with you for a time so that you could see I gave the biggest part of me to spend time with you. I sacrificed my son, whom I loved for you. So understand that even though I love you, you, you see, it's all in your hands. We must believe in his son, Yeshua, and his sacrifice, that this is the Messiah. Then we gain a sight that we have yearned for, being in the presence of the King and His Son, the Prince of Peace. Why would you find this so hard to understand? If you were a single parent with a child, and you met someone, and you introduced that person to your child, that person decidedly did not like your child, even though your heart longed for this person, who would come first? Your child would come first. That person would not have earned a spot in your future. Your love was not enough. 
and there was nothing that you could do. You let that person know how you felt about them, yet even with your love, they did not find it in their heart to love your child. So I repeat, who comes first? Your child. And so again, that person lost the only opportunity to spend their future with you. Do you understand a little better? God gave us his only son. He sacrificed him for us, the world. So if you cannot find it in your heart to believe in him and love him, you will have lost your only opportunity to spend eternity with him. John 3:16. Did I tell you? I think I did. Very prophetic, especially now. When people think, well, I don't have to believe in God. I'm a good person. I love others. I don't lie, cheat, or steal. And I'm someone who does good. I don't need God. Well, that's a lie spread by the adversary. Let's say life is a game. You can be the best player, but if you don't play by the rules, you don't win the game. You don't get to make up your own rules along the way. The rules are set. Either you play by them or you don't win. You don't get to bend them. There is no bending. You must make a choice in your life. No one said it was easy, but you must decide. Which side of the prophecy do you want to be on? I want to be on the everlasting life side. There are only two places you can go when this life ends. The kingdom of God and eternal bliss with the king or eternal pain and agony in the fiery pit with the deceiver, the adversary, the king of lies and chaos. Matthew 25, 31 through 34. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, accompanied by all the angels, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be assembled before him, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates sheep from goats. The sheep he will place at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you whom the Father has blessed, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you from the founding of the world. Matthew twenty-five forty-one. Then he will also speak to those on his left, saying, Get away from me, you who are cursed. Go off into the fire, prepared for the adversary and his angels. There are only two places you can go. That's it. Matthew 13, 40-42 Just as the weeds are collected and burned up in the fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send forth his angels, and they will collect out of his kingdom all the things that cause people to sin and all the people who are far from the Torah, and they will throw them into the fiery furnace, where people will wail and grind their teeth. I saw a woman on social media, and she said, even if God came down here to her and showed her who he was and proved to her that he was God, you know, the one who created her, she still would not worship him. So, she is saying she would rather go spend her eternity crying out and screaming in pain forever and forever and forever 
because even though after meeting her creator, she is still so stubborn to bow down and say thank you. Creation is amazing. My life has been wonderful. I have seen and done things that I shouldn't, and yet my creator, Adonai, still loves me, and I am welcome with him. I am humbled, and I get on my knees, and I thank him. And that's called praise. She was very clear about her choice, and she was very happy about it, all smiles and laughter. I don't know her, so I cannot say, but maybe she thinks there is a third choice, a nowhere. You just die, and that's it? Which also seems so sad and hopeless. An existence that meant nothing. You just disappear? How awful. I stubbed my toes. I bent over from the pain for about three to five minutes. I've had a few rhizotomies on my spine because of nerve pain. <laughs> nerve pain? There is nothing like it. I can't spend an eternity in pain. I choose to spend my eternity with Yahweh and Yeshua. An eternity of laughing and loving and happiness. Joy instead of eternal pain. Are you crazy? I have problems dealing with my nerve pain or stubbing my toes. You think I want that forever and forever and forever? That woman was not brave. She's out of her mind. Trading God's love for an eternity of lies and pain. First of all, I do believe. And if God came down here to me and showed me who he was and proved to me he was God, the creator, so now everything I ever heard about God was true, then that would mean that everything I ever heard about the adversary was also true. It's a no-brainer. Even the adversary knows. Why do you think he tries so hard? He knows who God is. He knows what's coming. He wants you to go into the pit with him. Not so he can have company. He doesn't care about you. It's only to throw in the face of God, to show God how many people he could get to turn away from God. This was a competition to him. He's been doing all he could, and as of late, doing a job that clearly has many people on the road to destruction. The adversary doesn't care about your feelings. He only wanted to use them against you, to lie to you, to control you so that you would end up losing. Because he has nothing to lose. He's already been thrown out of heaven, and soon he will be cast down into the pit, gnashing of teeth, pain, and torment. He's not going to be talking to you down there. Not going to be planning the big takeover with you at his side. No, he's going to be suffering with you. Hello? He just wanted to get as many people as he could to hate God as much as he did. He wanted to show God he could get people to worship him, and if not to worship him, at least get them not to believe in God and not to worship God. That is his only goal, not your feelings. The adversary will be going to the same place as you, the pit, or as it is referred to, hell, the lake of fire, pain and torment for an eternity. That is what awaits everyone who makes the choice not to believe, not to love God. You don't win just because you played a good game. You have to choose. I choose Yahweh. I choose Yeshua. I choose his path, his way. I choose. 
you must choose.